All right, welcome back to Back in a Flash. I'm Steve. And I'm Meg. And we're your hosts. And today we're going to talk about the third episode of the Flash TV series, which was called Things You Can't Outrun. Yeah, which they actually, I mean, they use that line in the episode as well. Like some things you they just did. can't outrun, Barry. I'm pretty That's sure it right. came from Joe. Yeah, no, <laughs> Joe did. It was t- They were talking about like the hardest things that he's going to have to face yeah. in, in being the Flash. It's not not difficult villains that he'll have to face but the the feeling that he can't do enough right that there's always going to be something just outside his reach yeah so that was fitting and that was kind of a really nice sentiment in the episode there were a lot of those this episode. I kind of felt like him and yeah. him and Joe really um, had some heartfelt moments in last week's mm-hmm. episode and this week's episode. Yeah, no, their relationship is definitely a strong one on the show. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, but so right off, right off the top of the episode, we saw uh, Barry and Iris leaving the movie theater. Yeah, is that first thing we saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they left a movie theater. They went and saw a zombie movie. Right. Which we think may be kind of a little nod like to a... the upcoming iZombie series. That's yeah. going to be on the CW as well. Right. Which is also based on DC Comics. Because they could have literally gone to see like any other kind of movie. Right. Or just not mentioned what kind of movie they came out of or anything, yeah. you know. But they yeah. they specifically were like, this zombie movie. You know? Right. So I kind of thought immediately, ooh. Maybe they're referencing iZombie that's about to come out. Right. And I guess we also learned that uh, Chad Rook is going to have a recurring guest role. Yeah. um, He is going to be a guest. He has a guest role for sure. And I think it's going to be possibly recurring as well, according to his Facebook page. So, yeah, I don't know. And Chad Rook, if you don't recognize the name, we had him on the podcast just a couple episodes ago. And he was uh, Clyde Martin in the pilot of The Flash. As the weather wizard. Yeah. Well, yeah. The weather was his brother or whatever. Or you want to however, call. I had, mean, he had some powers. He had so. weather powers. <laughs> yeah. He's a Marden. Yeah. Right. We'll figure it out later, right? Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what they do. Um, okay. So back to this episode. Um, we open right. on them coming out of the zombie movie. Yep. And, um, you know, they have a, a short conversation before Barry has to like zip off. Mm-hmm. Iris gets a phone call, mm-hmm. I think. And um, Oh, and doubling back really quickly yeah. for just a moment. We actually, when they were walking out of the theater, we got a couple Easter eggs right away. Oh, really? Yeah. The two movies that were on the marquee of the theater. Oh, what uh, were they? One of them was a Blue Devil movie. It was like Blue Devil 2. Okay. Electric Boogaloo. I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> actually Electric Boogaloo. Okay. And what was that in reference uh, to? Blue Devil is a DC Comics character. Oh, cool. Um, and they actually had, I think they had a Blue Devil reference on a bus in Arrow. Oh, really? As well. It was just really quickly. But it was the same context. It was like a new movie. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So, yeah. Interesting. I kind of like where they're headed with us, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that we're really going to see Blue Devil on the I show. I hope so. Why not? I, I think they'll probably just keep making <laughs> movies. <laughs> and mean, then uh, what was the other Easter egg? Uh, the other Easter egg was some other character. I want to say from like the Outsiders. It's uh, a character in the DC Comics that was an actress before becoming Elastigirl in the DC Comics. Oh. Uh, and it was a, a movie about that actress's life. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Huh. But it was a well, l- that's lesser cool. known character. Yeah, I like how they just pepper in things like that. Like yeah. uh, you and I were talking about how we saw the 52 like mm-hmm. wall placard or whatever when they were headed out of the 
uh, tunnel from the particle right. accelerator right. or whatever. And then you said you saw 52. Oh, and then... We heard 52. Yeah. Right. was the amount of time that it took the jury to come back with a verdict right. on Barry's mother's case. I just love how they like pepper in all these little DC things. And yeah. I would have never, ever noticed any of these things before <laughs> this podcast and talking to you about this stuff. Right. I would have just been like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> It's there. I mean, they're really subtle. They just don't make a big deal out of them. Yeah, but it's kind of nice there. for people that are into the comics. It's fun. That, you know, they kind of get, um, mm-hmm. you know, that little hint there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see the Darbanian family. Well, before that, uh, so they, they walk out of the movie theater and Barry has to go help someone. Oh, that yeah. Bad guy with a gun. Go. Yeah, go. Right. Uh, Cisco can't figure out the code, right? right. Cisco, <laughs> He's like a dog on a leash. They've got some codes. <laughs> uh, public nudity. Not sure <laughs> right. what that is. Someone's flashing. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Perfect. But any, anyhow, guy with a gun, go. Uh, Caitlin Snow coming in, getting things done. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so he goes off and uh, gets the guy with the gun from his car and moves him over to the police car. Right. Like that. In a flash. In a flash. It just... But my question... But how? <laughs> my question here... Yeah. How is he getting into the vehicles without breaking stuff? Yeah. You know, in the pilot episode, we saw him get into the car with... Uh, like the gla- the window shattered. Martin. Right. Yeah. And the, the window shattered. So you figure he went through the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, or which... at least broke it so that he could open the door or something right. from the inside or right. unlock it or something you know whatever yeah something but I they, mean, they didn't show like up close in this one at all so he just did i don't know <laughs> he just did maybe this is just one of those things we shouldn't think about too much <laughs> I get but but my thought here is like if they did like the comics and went full out with barry's powers and said that he could vibrate his molecules to move through a wall mm then it would make a lot of sense. Like oh, he, he can could... do that in the comics? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. I mean, um, we kind of see a little bit of that vibration a couple of times with him, like, you know, his, when he was in the lab and his machine didn't work, he just, like, shook it with his hand really right. fast. Or um, in this episode, when he goes to save Joe from mm-hmm. the prison. And he hides his face. Yeah, he hides his face, which, yeah. that was so cool. Yeah. That was such a neat... Um... Yeah, we'll talk about that more in a bit when we get to that. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> getting, for sure. Like... <laughs> right. It's um, all good. I just, you know, can't just jump around. Right. So, um, all right. So, mm-hmm. we're a little stumped on how he gets in and yeah. out of these vehicles. Yeah. I, I don't know. But... Especially, especially the police car. Yeah. Like, yeah. normal vehicle, I get it. Police car, there's... I mean, if it's one that's hauling around prisoners, there's oftentimes, like iron bars yeah over the windows <laughs> the police so, officers are just dumbfounded they're just like what, what right what <laughs> i don't know i don't know how that happened but i'd like an explanation right come on i'm looking <laughs> looking at you guys <laughs> that's cool uh we'll roll with it for now and, right. and hopefully eventually they they show how he's getting in and out of these vehicles yeah. because yeah. it is a mystery um but then, I mean, um, it's about as big of a mystery as Harrison Wells. <laughs> yes. At this, at this point. Yeah, which we need to, to talk at length about him. Right. Um, do you want to do that now, or do you want to talk about the? Dar- uh, let's talk about the family. The random Darbanian family, yeah. or whatever. I Darbanian. might say Darbanian. I, I don't I, even I, know how to say their name, honestly. But crime family. The yeah. Does it, does it matter? <laughs> no. Let's just call them the the criminal family. 
The criminal family. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't sure. Know. Darbanian. Yeah, I'm not something. Something foreign sounding. <laughs> yes. Like. So come I on. guess Kyle Nimbus is the guy. Nimbus like a cloud is the guy. Or like that a broomstick. I, or like a broomstick. If you're a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. <laughs> Which we are. So um, he, I guess, worked for them as like a hitman or something? Right. Yeah, that's what they said. He used to be a hitman. And... I was a little confused about that. Like, I understood that he was a hitman for this crime family. But mm-hmm. like, uh, why then? I guess, why did he come back and kill them? Then he worked for him. And you're a hitman. Like, you Man. have to understand that that job has risks and that people are probably not always going to be like, yeah, right. I totally told him to kill that person. Like, right. You know, that just doesn't happen. Maybe he just expected a certain amount of loyalty from the crime family. Really? Like, if he had been working with them extensively. There's no loyalty in crime. Uh-huh. Come you, These... These villains it's a crime get it together. Family. It's, it's a family. <laughs> it's a family. This is true. <laughs> There's nothing more true. important than breakfast. Family. Family. Right. Family. Most sure. important thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so he kills them, breaks the key off in a door, which I don't know if you've ever tried to break a key off in a door. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. It doesn't just snap off like a peppermint yeah. stick. Maybe he froze it first. He put the key in the freezer specifically knowing that he was going to break it off <laughs> perhaps that seems I don't legit know. right i don't know um, just it seemed overtly ominous yeah that he was breaking the key off that whole character i feel was kind of he was over the top bad guy yeah right yeah everything about him like pasty bald super creepy looking right when he's slowly walking down like the sh- the darkened street to like right. the prison later on in the episode mm-hmm. you know and he's like all slowly yeah s- you know let's just make him as <laughs> ominous as possible yeah. nobody's gonna have any question whether or not he's a villain absolutely not <laughs> no it's right. pretty pretty cut and dry there but right. um, so he's got his hit list that he's going through and yeah he, he kills this crime family first they're all gathered together for a meeting uh, it takes them all out. Boom. One mm-hmm. one shot. Take them all out. Right? No, it wasn't. He had to like well, okay. get them one at a time. Right. But it was all in one instance. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then um, he goes down his list. Well, who was next on his list? What? The judge. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got her an elevator, which in, in the middle of a mall. So right. nobody else in the mall no. noticed. Right. <laughs> Even though it's a glass elevator. And she's like Just... pounding on it. Like, help me, help me. And her, the whole thing's filled with green gas. Nobody right. else notices no, at no. all. No. No. But it was really cool when uh, Barry showed up to that crime scene, how they did mm-hmm. that. Um, like, I love the time stop feature that yeah. they use for him. Yeah. Where he's zipping around and stuff and everybody's like kind of frozen in place right that's so cool like a really yeah. neat way i think to show how fast he moves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but then again if everybody's like seriously standing static would they not wouldn't they not see a blur then and i don't know but maybe everybody's like saying, seeing blurs or maybe whatever. they're just saying that he's moving fast enough that and maybe someone did see a blur in that situation but that's all they saw was mm-hmm. a blur so whatever yeah so where do you think this thing with iris and this is i know i'm jumping way out here now yeah, but, whatever. Um, where do you think this thing with iris uh and her tracking this flash this blur that everybody's talking about you know because we saw right. her like making blog posts or something right. about it right so how do you like do you think that that's going to be a significant 
Well, in, in the comics, she's a journalist. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting they're kind of building towards that, that she's going to be doing more investigative research into who the Flash is mm -hmm. and potentially, like, discovering his identity and uh, writing stories about what the Flash is doing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but So she knows in the comics who he, who he is? Um, right now she doesn't. She has known in the comics at various times, but she doesn't. But so, like, so she now. always discovers it eventually. I wouldn't say always. Oh, okay. I mean, I think it's. I happened. know there's several like reiterations. Of... Right. Right. Okay. Comics are super weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are obviously. And they reboot stuff all the time, and yeah. Yeah. So, um, they've retrofitted that particle accelerator. To yeah. a metahuman prison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that looks because pretty dope. Because Iron Heights, which is a prison from the comics. Mm -hmm. That's a nice little name drop. Iron Heights at this point isn't outfitted to hold super criminals. Uh, so they retrofitted, yeah, like you said, they retrofitted the particle accelerator and turned it into a holding, holding cell for these prisoners, which was really a uh, nice way of doing it. And, yeah. And they made a really nice set. Yeah, it, too. it looks really slick. I thought yeah. that was just really futuristic looking. Mm -hmm. Both, I mean, both the upstairs and downstairs of Star the Labs. particle accelerator and Star Labs mm -hmm. look awesome. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they kind of have to because that's sort of the mm -hmm. hub of the whole show. But, right. right. Um, well, that and the the police department, CCPD. Yeah. And that's a gorgeous set as yeah, well. For absolutely. That uh, so. So, what do you think about this? Um, this metahuman prison that they're building like how how do you think that's going to play out i'm not sure i feel like people are going to escape at some point like i feel like right. they're they're setting us right. up so that they get all of these metahumans yeah. in there and, and then... one of them's gonna bust the doors open and everyone's gonna get released again and then you have the rogues right because Ta -da! Ta -da! <laughs> they're all in there hanging out with each other right so and I, you brought up a good point like how are they gonna feed these people yeah i mean you know, we we talked about this a little bit before starting to record, and I'm okay with them not like not explaining how they give exercise or anything to these criminals. Like, they clearly have lots of powers, and they're unstable individuals that need to be contained. Right. Uh, but if you're not gonna feed them, you may as well just kill them because they're gonna die of starvation. Right. Right. So, like, how do they plan on doing that? How's that working? For out? sure. Just, Especially with this just mist a guy. Brief explanation. They put him in there. If they open any door or crack or anything, you know, he's gonna escape. Right. I was saying, you know, you need the double door system. You have door one opens. They put the food down. Close door one. Door two opens. And Even that, I feel, is really risky. You know, like you're just asking uh, for a disaster at that point. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. though. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see how that uh, sort of goes. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that. Like you said, that set, though. I really like mm -hmm. them going down there and kind of uh, reliving that whole particle accelerator explosion. And right. And we got lots of flashbacks of that yeah. in this one as well, which were really, really interesting. We saw flashbacks of the entire Star Labs crew, mm -hmm. uh, Cisco and Caitlin and... Uh, Dr. Wells, and um, we and were also introduced to Ronnie Raymond, who's yeah, half, half, of, half of the Firestorm character yeah. uh, in the flashbacks as well. And he was 
Caitlin's fiance at the time. Right. Um, we got a bunch of really cheesy lines from her about him as well. There, yeah, <laughs> like, there were. A I few. didn't want him to be a hero. I wanted him to be my husband. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, really. But they were like fire and ice. <laughs> they, Meg, they were like on. fire and ice. That's right. That's Caitlin Snow and the guy that's going to become Firestorm. Who'd have thunk Who that would they have were thunk? like fiery nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, certainly not me. There was a bunch of lines in this episode that were just so cheesy. That they were. It kind of very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But then again, yeah. maybe from like somebody who has never read the comics or like, I mean, I would have only known about that because of you and you've explained it to me right. with, you know, how Firestorm, you know, has created and stuff like that. So I, uh, I, I think maybe just if you were just watching the show, not having any background on it, then maybe you wouldn't have picked up on that. It wouldn't have been so blatantly cheesy. So maybe we're ruining it for those people by pointing it out. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) So sorry if we ruined it. (laughs) Yeah. but We hope you can forgive us. (laughs) Right. Um, But in that flashback to nine months ago, um, Wells mentions actually... Who's still walking around in these flashbacks. Yeah. Before he lost his legs. Right. He even mentions, like, oh, I've been waiting centuries for this. Right. Which... Which kind of opens, like, a couple other thoughts about who Dr. Wells might be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that he's a time traveler, uh, but the idea of waiting centuries is really used most commonly in the comics by Vandal Savage, who's an immortal character. And so there's kind of a, f- a handful of people that are tossing around the idea that it might be Vandal Savage. Uh huh. But he it, doesn't. Vandal Savage does not sound like a good guy. No, you? no, he's not. <laughs> so. Uh, and Vandal Savage also doesn't normally have knowledge of the future, and Harrison Wells does. Yeah. That's not to say that Vandal Savage couldn't have knowledge of the future, though. So. Sure. It's a possibility. Yeah, um, that's interesting though. I, I guess yeah. I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that that comment was really interesting, but mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that it could reference like something else. Right, and it's vague possibility. Certainly not mm-hmm. something that. But put it's a like they're they're like purposely trying to throw us off now. Like they're giving right. us all these like little pieces right. of information to say like, oh, it could be this one. Oh, it could be this one or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, we really have like no clue. Right. That's kind of fun though. It is. And he keeps going into that Braille room, which is right. so weird. Braille room. Well, because... you know, his secret hidey hole yeah. where he puts his hand up and yeah. he's got bumps all over the wall. It I does. call it the Braille room. Mm-hmm. If if any of our listeners know Braille, <laughs> please, please let us know to, what the wall says. Like, analyze what the room says. Yeah. I mean, I could go look it up online and try and decipher it all for myself. But that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> That's just too hard. So, so, so I'm just gonna ask you guys to do it for sure, <laughs> please and thank you. <laughs> just you know, shoot us a message. Twitter, our Twitter is at uh, Flash Fanatics. You can shoot us a message there, and and we'll you know we'll give I'm you sure a shout it says out. Something. I'm sure it does. Well, I'm it, not. It might not I'm make not sense. Sure it does. I'm not. It might not make sense. It might just be gibberish. It, but I'm sure, like, right. there have to be words. At some point, there has to be a word in the wall. Has to be, yeah. For sure. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Find the hidden words. Let us know what they are. We'll we'll give you a shout out. 
on the next episode. What if it's like a super secret Easter egg that they're like... Ooh. Ooh. What if it is Harrison Wells' identity? Oh! Just written all over the walls. And only people that can read Braille know. Super secret. Let us know, please. I want to be in on the secret. <laughs> um, so uh, this also episode, we found out that Barry's mom got stabbed. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hadn't ha- really talked about how she died. And I don't think that it's really mentioned much in the comics oh it's not it might be but i've never really like paid close attention to it yeah but they very distinctly said in this episode that she was stabbed they had that flashback with henry allen uh or it was actually like the interrogation room yeah where he's watching the video right and joe was watching the video Mm -hmm. of henry allen being interrogated by the police officers um and he says that he was trying to stabilize the knife because we also learned that Henry Henry Allen was a doctor. Yeah. Uh, which was something that I don't think had been established in the comics at all. That was oh, kind cool. Of a new piece of information that's yeah. fun to get some more backstory. Yeah, fleshing out that character a little bit. Yeah. Kinda I mean, like that's. That. I feel like there was a lot of that happening in this episode. Yeah, I kind of feel like this whole episode was sort of centered around that. Like, mm-hmm. the villain itself was sort of just like a throwaway yeah. kind of... They had, like, they, they knew they had to have a villain. They had to have some action in there. Right. But it really wasn't the focus of the episode. Yeah. That's fine. You know, yeah, it's I, I mean, I enjoy show. episodes like that every once in a while so that we can kind of get a feel for right. what's going on with the characters right. and stuff. But... Especially this early on, like, you want to establish reasons to care about these characters. Yeah. And, and I feel like they're doing a good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I care very much about, <laughs> like, too. Cisco and Barry and... And Joe, and for Joe sure. And Joe and yeah. Harrison and, yeah. Yeah. They've done a really good job. Absolutely. So his dad was a doctor and his mom got mm-hmm. stabbed in, in his house, apparently. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that that's how she died. I, right. I guess I didn't... I mean, there was just a lot of, like, mystery surrounding that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Because she was enveloped in the... The blur. The lightning or yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. But... We didn't really know official cause of death, right? Or, or if he just like whisked her off somewhere or something, like right. you know, and then brought her back dead. I, like who? I don't really even. Yeah. I never really knew how. So apparently she was stabbed, right? And Henry Allen was trying to stabilize the knife, which seems like a really provided you trust Barry Allen and not the jury, which I do, but not Barry. Huh? Wait. Oh, the Barry Barry's, and, yeah. and Henry that. Henry is, in fact, innocent. Yeah. I mean, there could potentially be people out there that don't agree with that. It's kind of hard to disagree with the main protagonist of the series. <laughs> yeah. But. You're right. Eh. And how, like, sincere and heartfelt he is about it. You know, like, yeah. he knows. Yeah. He knows. And now Joe knows, too. Right. You know? Yeah. So uh, that's that was kind of an interesting, um, now they're going to work together to, you know, get his dad out of. Mm-hmm. jail and stuff and he brings out that big box of evidence and so right. i kind of feel like this is going to be like a mystery puzzle that we're going to be putting oh, together absolutely. with them as they're going through the stuff in the box and everything absolutely mm-hmm. so and hopefully we get to see more of the contents of that box yeah. and like what kind of evidence they're pouring over to try and uncover something right because right now it's just a fairly vague mystery and it'd be cool to have some more puzzle pieces laid out yeah to see what they're working with and i kind of feel like they're going to do that throughout the whole se- season like we might just get one piece here and there yeah you know to sort of like 
keep us wet our appetite if you <laughs> keep will keep us intrigued yeah yes. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so lots of flashbacks um mm-hmm. cisco had a little flashback too with uh, yeah because cisco was actually went down to the particle accelerator with uh ronnie raymond yeah and ronnie went in to try and stabilize it to redirect the explosion mm-hmm. and they said the way they said it is that the explosion was going to go up instead of out and save lots of lives, uh, which it more or less did. Yeah. I mean, they said in the pilot, they said, what, like 17 people died in the explosion. Oh, okay. So there was a bit of a death toll, but from the sounds of it, it could have been like everybody. much, much, much higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have like leveled a big chunk of the city. Mm-hmm. So... He saved a lot of lives, and Cisco was there at the door, and Ronnie said, if I'm not back in two minutes, you've got to shut the door, mm-hmm. and Cisco had to do that. And so he's got that a he bit of... struggling with right, that a little bit, yeah. Right, it's, I mean, it was certainly a tragic event, but he knew it had to be done, and, and the thing I really like about Cisco as a character is that through that, he still remains very... Like, goofy. Positive, and... Yeah. and and upbeat it's not that he took that event lightly he very clearly like it was a tough thing for him to do right he's just not letting it affect like the rest of his life right yeah yeah and i feel like caitlin is sort of finally coming around to that as well like she has been struggling with the death of her fiance this whole time and Mm -hmm. i feel like she's just now getting to the point of like acceptance and maybe like healing a little bit which Hopefully. is going to be very interesting when he comes, pops back comes up back. you know like, surprise not she's dead. like i just got over you and ta-da! right <laughs> here i am again mess up your whole world yeah because he's almost certainly coming back to present time i don't know if that's actually been like confirmed confirmed but they cast martin stein who's the other half of the firestorm uh as uh, Vincent Gerber is going to be playing Martin Stein, the professor that creates the Firestorm Matrix. So if you have that piece in place, it seems like it would make sense to have Ronnie Raymond come back right. to actually be Firestorm. The, yeah, Firestorm, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I can't imagine that he won't come back to the present time period. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was part of what they were setting up because mm-hmm. they didn't show him you know, die, really. They right, just show the right. particle explosion right. go by him. Or and whatever. they haven't said anything about, like, a burial for him or mm-hmm. anything. Uh, oh, yeah. So. So, um, speaking of relationships, yeah. uh, uh, Iris and Eddie yeah. have come out of the closet now and they're right. open or whatever, which I kind of, I was not keen on that secret to begin with. Yeah, the the whole, like, Having it be a secret relationship felt really immature for characters that are completely, like, adult characters. I mean, although they do seem a little immature because they had an issue with figuring out how to leave a key for somebody else at the beginning of the episode. Like, (laughs) how hard is it to just give somebody a key or... Like, you've never left a key for somebody ever in your life. You can't figure out where yeah. to put it. I don't know. Like, ugh, it was Maybe just... he just moved to... He was a transfer. He's a transfer from Keystone. That does not so excuse only the been, fact that you... He's only been at Central City for, like, a week. That does not excuse and the fact that, like, he doesn't you can't have, figure out how to give a key to somebody. He doesn't have a doormat. 
He doesn't have a planter. <laughs> Nothing. The only Go get place one of those he could leave rocks. It. I don't care. Right. Or just a real rock. <laughs> just put a real rock <laughs> on your porch. Yes. You know what I'm talking Come about. On. The ones that difficult. like are meant to hide keys in. Yeah. yeah instead, he just leaves it I in mean, his mailbox. You could hide it under a real rock, too. I do kind of feel like he could have like just given it to rock. her or put it on her keychain. Her dad sure. never would have noticed. Like, yeah. who cares if she's got an extra key on her keychain? Right. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, it's I'm not glad, a secret anymore. Yeah, I'm glad that it's so, not a secret anymore. But she no had an interesting deal. conversation with her dad there at the end. Um, and speaking of dads, actually, I was watching this with my dad, and mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious that he was able to, like, guess all of Joe's lines yeah. before Joe actually said them. And I don't know if that's just, like, the dad in him coming out, and, like, he was able to just, like, know beforehand. But I just, I had a great time watching it with him. He's, yeah. He was pretty funny. It was fun. Um, and, and you know, they've done a really good job making it like a family show that yeah. you could watch with younger children. And it's it's a lot of fun in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the last thing that I was going to talk about, actually, mm-hmm. um, that is on my list, is Cisco and how he yeah. is, like, he gets to name everything. Like, that's his kind of thing. You know, right. They sort of introduced it to us a couple of episodes ago with him, like, uh, naming a couple things here yeah. and there. I think and it was it was multiplex last week. First he had Captain Clone. Yeah, Captain and Clone. And then decided that wasn't quite right. Right. Came up with multiplex. Yeah. And so, this week he go- went ahead and coined... The Mist. The Mist. Right away. Which is pretty Sure, easy, why not? Whatever. Know, right. But um, next week we get to see Captain Cold. Right. Uh, so I'm kind of... I like I love his little lines and everything too, so I kind of want to see how he's gonna you know come up with this or yeah. how he's gonna go go about that because yeah. he started out with the the captain thing before and it just didn't work right. So yeah. who knows? I hope I hope that the little like uh, jokey lines that go along with it, like you know he said the mist, that's it, that's it, that's what it's gonna <laughs> right? be. Yeah. Nobody else can argue it. Yeah. I hope that it just becomes his thing and everybody recognizes it's his thing. That, that's his thing, And yeah. it gets to be that, like, whenever they encounter a new one... They just turn to him. They just turn to him. <laughs> like, and, and are like, and what's what the name? <laughs> what do we call him? Yeah. I hope that happens before too long. Yeah. that's the, I love his role like that. And he, yeah. he it's perfect for him because he's so goofy. Yeah, he, he really it. is. He's a lot of fun. But we do get to see Captain Cold and Felicity. She's going to be yeah. on The Flash next week, too. Absolutely. Super the episode sick. is called Going Rogue, which oh, is the start yeah. of The Rogues. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Captain Cold. And uh, Jeff Johns is the one that wrote the episode for next week. Yeah. And he's gone on record several times. Uh, you know, he's he's been a comic writer for a long time. He's written Flash comics for years written Green Lantern comics for years. He's gone on record several times saying that Captain Cold is his favorite character. Yes. Period. Bar none. Favorite comic book character. No argument. Nobody else can say anything else. Favorite character. I mean, you can have a different favorite character if you want, but that's his (laughs) hands-down favorite character. So I'm sure he's going to put everything he's got into that episode. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Super. I'm already calling it now. It's going to be the best of the first four episodes. <laughs> okay. I can see that, actually. Just, yeah. Just calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right, actually. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Me neither. 
and we'll be back to talk about it next week. Oh, and we're going to have a guest next week, too. Yeah, we'll right? have a, a friend of ours, Jacob, will be joining us as well. Cool. So tune in, tune in next week for another episode of Back in a Flash.